Well, hey, good evening, everybody. Welcome to uh, Big Valley Grace. I'm grateful you're all here. Welcome to all of you that are watching uh, online. And uh, wow, I'll tell you what, we kind of begin a whole season here at Big Valley where it's all about Christmas. You, you, you probably noticed that the stage is a little bit different. Everything's been decorated around here. A lot of our buildings, the the uh, the, the venues decorated, the the you know, fireside rooms decorated, and I don't know who did it. I'm serious. I have no clue who did it. I'm just very grateful for those of you, and I'm sure there were some probably who were Saturday night people. There were many 9 o'clock people, probably a lot of 11 o'clock people, and, and you came. Maybe you're a venue person, and you got down here, and you decorated this uh, place up, and I'm just really really grateful that, that you would do that. One of the things that God has given us is the ability to kind of worship him through the eye gate, and you probably never thought about that. Just looking at these beautiful poinsettias or the trees or whatever the lights might be, uh, the pictures that are out in the hallway, wow, it's amazing where your mind can go. And I'm grateful for all of you that worked hard to decorate this place up. We got a lot to get through because I got a lot of things I, I, I kind of want to talk about. And the first one is I want you to reach inside your program and pull out that little uh, Christmas offering annual report. Okay, I put this together for you. This month, we always take a special offering that's over and above what we normally give. So, so you don't want to shift your giving, okay? We need you to give sacrificially in the month of December. December's always a big month in the life of our church, really any church. And, uh, but also what we do is we take a special offering, Christmas Eve offering, where uh, it's just over and above, and it primarily goes to local ministries right here in Modesto or Stanislaus County. And I just put together for you kind of an annual report Last uh, December, it was $131,000, and you can see where all of the money went. These are the ministries and places where the uh, monies uh, went, and uh, we gave you your, off, your little envelope, and please, you know, if you're an individual, pray, couple, pray, and, um, you know, whatever the Lord lays on your heart, I guarantee you these ministries out there will, will be blessed by them. One of the things, the last one we, we did uh, was that church on the south side, west side of Modesto burnt down, and they literally had no place to meet. It burnt down on a Saturday. Sunday, they were in our building over here. They used our building, and now what we're doing is, is we're paying for their lease at the hotel that they meet in because it's a, a very small church. And um, they just couldn't afford to do something like that. And so we pay the lease there for them. We just purchased, in fact, this tomorrow morning, they will use a sound system all set up with microphones and everything that we purchased uh, uh, for them. And we purchased for them a keyboard so they could, they have a piano player who can lead music. And it was because of that Christmas offering that we were able to, to do that and be a blessing to them for, for a while. I mean, we're, we're, we're gonna pay that lease probably all of next year. It's gonna take them a while to rebuild that building. And so what we wanted to uh, put that in your hands so that you could um, kind of be praying about that. And then Pastor Tim led you through a, a pretty weighty exercise a minute ago 
where we literally took time to hand out these cards to you, these postcards. And we asked you to think about somebody that you might invite to our Christmas you know, program, crusade, whatever it is you wanna call it. It's not this weekend, not next weekend, it's the following weekend. And this place is always jammed up, Thursday night, Friday night, two on Saturday, two on Sunday. And it really is for you. We, we want you to be here. We want you to come and enjoy the, the, the great Christmas music and all that we'll do. But it's not just primarily for you. It's for you to use to invite your friends. And so whether you wrote their name on here and you go home and you find their address and you mail this off to them, or you see them Monday at work, if they, live, you know, they work in the cubicle next to you, or you wanna hand this to the guy that mows your lawn, or maybe you might wanna hand this to the guy that comes and picks up your trash, Maybe you might want to hand this to the guy that delivers your mail. Maybe you might want to give this to the person who, you know, I don't know, puts the chemicals in your pool. Maybe you'll hand it to your barber or the person who does your hair or your nails. There's a whole lot of people out there that we just run into all the time. And we made up a zillion of these things. And so you can take as many of them as you want. If you own a business, we have big posters that you can put up in your in your businesses and all of that. In our town and in our county, you know, what we do here at Christmas is kind of well known. We do it very well. We take great pride in how we serve the Lord here and we want to do the very best we can. And so this place is always jammed up and we want you to be here, but we also want you to be thinking about who you might bring. And so make sure that you, you know, are, are actually using this. Maybe you are going to mail it out to somebody or um, whatever, maybe you'll just hand them to them. It doesn't matter. And so today, what we're doing is, is we're kicking off a, a brand new series here at Big Valley Grace that's all about Christmas. This will be a Christmas message. Next week will be a Christmas message. Obviously, at our Christmas you know, uh, musical, it's a Christmas message. Our Christmas Eve services, which really cater to children. We want you to bring your kids in here on Christmas Eve. Those two gatherings are always jam-packed full of kids, and they're all uh, 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 about Christmas. And this year we did something a little bit different is we encouraged everybody that calls this your home to pick up this book. I think we probably got close to selling a 1,000 of them in book form, but also we know a lot of you bought them and downloaded them on your Kindle and stuff like that. And together, all of us last week started going through this daily devotional uh, named Unwrapping the, the, the Names of, of Jesus. It's an Advent devotional. And all of us together are going through this. I, I actually ran into somebody the other day and I asked them, hey, because I knew what that day was about, and I asked them, hey, did you do your devotional this morning? Absolutely, I did. And so it's kind of fun to think that all of us as a church family, or most of us, are all kind of reading the same devotional every, every single morning together. And hopefully maybe you do it in the, in, in the morning. And it's a great way. It takes maybe two minutes, okay? You know, you're, you're gonna burn two minutes of your life, you know, whoo, doing the, the, the devotion, about how long it takes. Hopefully, as I shared with the, the team as we were praying, hopefully you spend more than two minutes, you know, in the Word of God every day. Hopefully, you know, this two minutes that you're in here just kind of gets you focused on some element of the Advent season and what this season is, is all about. 
We, we all need to be in the Word of God more than, more than two minutes a day. But it is kind of fun. When I do mine, I always think that, man, I wonder who else is doing this. I wonder who else in my church family right now is actually reading and actually you know, putting into their brain, their mind, the same thought that, that I am. I think we might have a few copies left out there that you can pick up. You can certainly, you know, I even think, I heard that Amazon even ran out of them. But, but anyway, hopefully you're, you're, you're doing that. And, and here's the deal. Tomorrow, which is day, uh, at, you know, December 8th, begins our second week. It's day one of our second week. And we gave you a little, a little bookmark that even goes with it to, to help everybody stay on track. And tomorrow is all about Jesus uh, being the word of God. That, that's what tomorrow's devo- devotion is, is about. And this series, as I said, is really loosely based on this book. And so what I want to do tonight is uh, I, I, I want to look at just that one thought that you'll read tomorrow, and that is that Jesus is the word of God. That, that's where I'm going to spend my time tonight on, on what you're going to read tomorrow uh, morning. So what I want you to do is take your Bibles and I want you to turn to John chapter one. John chapter one, okay? If you don't have a Bible, that's okay. All the verses will be up on the jumbotrons or on your notes. If you don't own a Bible, you can go into the altar room when we're done and we'll give you your first Christmas gift of the season. It's on, it's on us. Just don't go in there and say, hey, I need two copies because I'm going to use them for stocking stuffers. Come on, man. Come on. Don't do that. <laughs> we, I had to say that, Gordon, because of you. That's what God, Gordon does it every year. And we, he, he doesn't think we notice. Quit giving out our Bibles for, uh, <laughs> he's actually the one probably purchasing them for us. Now, before I, before I read our, our passage, here's what I want to do. I want to share with you a few quotes about Christmas. Or the, or, or the Christmas season from some great scholars. This past week, I enjoyed just reading what some great men and women have said about this season over the years. And the first one uh, is this. It's from J.I. Packard. He said, quote, The Almighty appeared on earth as a helpless human baby, needing to be fed and changed and taught to talk like any other child. The more you think about it, the more staggering it gets. Nothing in fiction is so fantastic as this truth of the incarnation. And I thought a lot about that. Nothing in fiction is so fantastic as the truth of the incarnation. The incarnation, the, the idea that God came and was born in a little town called Bethlehem. Jay Packard also said this. He said, quote, the Christmas message is that there is hope for a ruined humanity, hope of pardon, hope of peace with God, hope of glory, because at the Father's will, Jesus became poor and was born in a stable so that 30 years later he may, might hang on a cross. He was born in a little stable a little over 2,000 years ago 
We don't know if it was in December. In fact, it probably wasn't in December, okay? The issue isn't whether we know the exact date. The issue is, is just we, 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 we celebrate a, a moment. We know he was born, and we celebrate that moment. But he, he was born in that manger for a reason. 30, a little over 30 years later, he's gonna grow up and he's gonna hang on a cross. He's gonna shed his blood that you and I might be saved. The great Charles Spurgeon, Spurgeon said this. He said, quote, infinite and an infant, eternal and yet born of a woman, almighty and yet hanging on a woman's breast, supporting a universe and yet needing to be carried in a mother's arms, king of angels and yet the reputed son of Joseph, heir of all things and yet the carpenter, despised son. Man, the infinite, but also an infant. Man, that, that's just, that was just a weighty thought. And I, these are also just found in books that I was reading. And there were just so many quotes in some of these books that I, I could have read to you, but I'm just giving you things that for whatever reason struck me. C.S. Lewis said, the son of God became a man to enable men to become sons of God. That's pretty clean, isn't it? The Son of God became a man to enable men or women to become sons of God. And I really, really liked that a lot. Ralph Sockman said this, the hinge of history is on the door of a Bethlehem stable. In other words, if you know what a hinge does, you know, a, you know, a door is on a hinge and, and that hinge allows the door to move. What he's saying is, is that was a, a weighty moment in history. Everything kind of changed. A, a door kind of opens because of that moment. You see, if you looked at the 39 books that are in the Old Testament, you know, starting with Genesis and then Exodus and then Leviticus and then Numbers and then Deuteronomy and you go through all the Old Testament books until you finally get to Malachi, those 39 books that are in the Old Testament. All of those books in the Old Testament all talked about the day that the Messiah would come to planet Earth. Every single one of those books, every single prophet, uh, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, uh, you, you pick it, Noah, Malachi, it doesn't matter which prophet you choose, every single one of those books, every single prophet all talked about the day that the Messiah would come, that the Savior would come, that God was going to send the Savior to planet Earth. Earth, all throughout those 39 books of the Old Testament. Then when you finally get to the New Testament, there's that famous verse, right? Some of you will send it out in your holiday greeting cards. You know, today in the town of David, a Savior has been born for you. That, that's the hinge point. You see, 
all of these books, 39 books of the Old Testament. Thousands of years have gone by and God is promising the Savior. And now, boom, the Savior's now born. The Savior's now here. It really is a hinge point. A lot of things changed at the moment that that little baby was born a little over 2,000 years ago. And so with all this, I want us to look at John chapter one, okay? And I want you to look at verse one and we're gonna walk through some passages together. Remember, you're gonna be reading this tomorrow. This is what tomorrow is all about in our devotional. And we're just gonna, we're gonna do tomorrow's devotion. We're just gonna put it on steroids, if you will, okay? That's basically what we're gonna do, all right? So the Bible says this, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and through him, through the Word, all things were made. Without him, without the Word, nothing was made that has been made. And I'm gonna stop right right there. Now up until this point, We have no idea who the word is. We don't know. If we were, uh, I don't know, Tom Hanks on a deserted island, we were a castaway, and those three verses were put into a bottle with a cork on it, and were put out into the ocean, and all of a sudden that bottle were to have washed up on the shore, And we took that bottle and we opened it up and the only thing that was in that bottle were these three verses. We know a lot. We know that in the beginning was the Word and and that the Word was with God and it wasn't just with God, it it was God. He, He was with God, whatever the Word is, from the beginning. In fact, through Him, through the Word, everything that's, everything that's made has, been made because of him, through him. That's all we'd know. We don't know up until this point who the word is. The word isn't revealed until you get to verse 14. So look at verse 14 real quick. Verse 14 says, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. The Word. The Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26, God's talking and he said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. There you see the Godhead, our, we. So you have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The Word was with God and was God. You get to Genesis chapter three after God creates everything and now we've got sin entering into the equation of life, right? Uh, uh, Adam and, and Eve blow it, they blow God off and sin enters into you know, the world and now we got a messed up problem. And so now God says, I- I'm gonna send the Savior. I'm gonna send the, the Messiah. I'm gonna send Emmanuel. I- I- I'm gonna send the God who's gonna save you, and you finally get to the New Testament, and the Word who was God, was with God, who created everything, became flesh 
and dwelt among us. All of a sudden, we know who that little baby was. He was the Word. And I actually wrote this out for you. I don't know if it's on your notes. I don't know what made it there this week, and, but, but I got it here. The, the, the Word who was in the beginning, who was with God, and actually was God, and who created everything, became flesh and dwelt among us. I want to make sure you, you, you understand this. Beloved, this is what Christmas is all about. This is, this is what we celebrate this time of year. God came to planet Earth, and he took on the form of a man, and he dwelt among us, and I want you to look at that word dwelt, okay? Look at verse 14, that word dwelt is a really interesting word, okay? It means that he tented among us for a while. Jesus, the word that was with God and was God and created everything, pitched his tent here on planet Earth for a while, and he lived among us. Jesus, who was God, actually came to planet Earth and lived among the people. That is what we celebrate this time of year. That's it. God would come to planet Earth, that he was born in a little town called Bethlehem. Now, now here's the thing. Things are a little different today, okay? Jesus doesn't live among us today. He actually lives in us today. He pitched his tent within us. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, don't you realize that your body is now the temple, or if I could, the tent of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and who was given to you by God. So John tells us the word became flesh and he dwelt among us. He pitched his tent among us. He lived among us. If you wanted to see Jesus 2,000 years ago in that little town called Bethlehem, you had to go to Bethlehem and look at him. As he got older, he actually had to, you know, go to the Galilee area, go to Capernaum or wherever it was, and he actually had to find a place so you could see him, so you could be in his presence. That's not the case today. After Jesus was put on that cross and put in a tomb and walked out of that tomb and 40 days later he went to be at the right hand of the Father and the, and the Father sent his Holy Spirit, now he tents inside of you. He's, he's not in this building. He, when you leave here in 20, 30 minutes, he, he's not gonna stay here you know, floating around the pulpit waiting for you to show up here next Saturday night. And when you get here, wow, you get to be in his presence. That's not the way it works. How it works is, if you know Christ as your Savior, you're gonna get up here in a little bit, walk out these doors, go get a picture out there at that cool fireplace. You're gonna get in your car and drive home, and guess what? His tent is still pitched inside of you. You're gonna take him with you wherever it is you go, you see. Look, there's no doubt that it would have been super cool to have lived during the time when Jesus was actually living among the people. That would have been awesome. But to me, it's way cooler to know that Jesus, the, the Word, who was you know, with God, was God, and created everything, actually lives within us. He actually lives within me. 
Now let me give you quickly three, I don't know, major thoughts or three things you need to remember this time of year, okay? When you think about that truth. Here's the first one, remember Jesus the word was God. This is a great time to remember that truth. That Jesus was God. Verse one again, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. You can't miss what God is saying here. He doesn't say that Jesus was a God or that Jesus was possibly a God or that Jesus was one of many gods. That's not what it says. It says that Jesus was God. This is one of the clearest places in all the Bible where we see that Jesus was God. He may have been a baby, but he was God. Jesus said this in John chapter 10. He said, I and the Father are one. Man, Pastor, what did he mean by that? Well, Let's just keep reading because the Jews who were around there at that moment, the Jews who heard him say that, they knew exactly what he was talking about. Again, the Jews picked up stones to stone him. But Jesus said to them, I've shown you many great you know, miracles from the Father. For which of these are you gonna stone me now? We're not stoning you for any of these things, replied the Jews, but for blasphemy because you... A mere man claim to be God. There's a lot of YouTube, you know, uh, things you can watch and podcasts you, podcasts you can listen to and, you know, loser religious professors you can listen to who will tell you that Jesus never claimed to be God. And they're just wrong. They're losers. They're demonic. Jesus absolutely claimed to be God. John knew he was God. Knew that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And here we have Jesus saying, I and the Father are one. Well, you know, we're not really sure what that means is what some of these liberal theologians will tell you. Well, the Jews that were there that day knew exactly what Jesus was saying. You, you, you're, you're, you're nothing but a mere man. You're claiming to be God. Yeah, that's, what, that's exactly what Jesus was doing because he was. He was God. Now, I want to make sure you understand this, okay? Jesus was 100% man and 100% God 100% of the time while he was here on planet Earth. Okay, in other words, before Jesus came to planet Earth, he was 100% God. Right now, Jesus is in heaven, and he's 100% God. But while he was on planet Earth, he was not only 100% God, that never changed, but he also was 100% man. At the, at the moment of conception, at the moment that, that Mary was conceived by the Holy Spirit, at that very moment, Jesus was a human being, 100% human being, but also 100% God. Now I know that this is a hard truth to grasp. I know it. But it's a truth nonetheless. Whether you get it or not doesn't matter. It's a truth. And by the way, there will be some things about God and his word that you'll never understand. 
If you could understand everything there was to know about God, what kind of God would he be? How many of you husbands, raise your hands, raise your hands, you're a husband. You know everything there is to know about your wife? Uh, I don't know. There's some things I just go, eh, I don't know, forget it. I'm not even, even going to give it a shot. Just ain't going to figure it out. And I guarantee you, I know what your wives are thinking. Man, I don't, my husband, woo. Yeah. Well, guess what? If you can't figure out your spouse, what are the odds you're going to figure out everything there is to know about God? You're not, you're not, you're not going to. I know it's a hard truth, truth to grasp, but it's truth nonetheless. And by the way, this doesn't mean that Jesus was born a man and then he grew into God. I want to make sure you understand that. Jesus has always been God. In fact, I just want to hammer this point home. Jesus was God when he was in heaven. Jesus was God when he was in Mary's womb for nine months. Jesus was God when he was born in Bethlehem. Jesus was God when he hung on the cross. Jesus was God when they laid him in the tomb. Jesus was God when he walked out of the tomb. Jesus has always been God. For about 33 years, he was 100% God, but he was also 100% man. The Word, who was God, took on flesh and tented among us, lived among us for, for, for a little while. Philippians chapter 2 says this. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Instead, be humble, thinking of others as better than yourself. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. In fact, here, here's the deal. You, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to, to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges he took on the humble position of a slave and he was born as a human being. Wow, that's pretty clear, isn't it? Now let me be honest with you. When I read this, there's a, a, a part of me that I just go, what? I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know how that works. that great song, you know? God in three persons, blessed trinity. I remember thinking to myself one time, God in three persons. Wonder how that works, man. I, I, how, how does that work? So there's this part of me that scratches my head, but I want you to know that there's another part of me that just wants me to drop to my knees. It's crazy to think that God was willing to humble himself and come into our world to bring salvation to us, to, to me. It really shows you that little town of Bethlehem where Jesus was born and that little manger just tells you how much he loves you, how much he cares about you. How much he, he longs to have you in his kingdom. That God would leave the glories of heaven, you know, and come here. Wow, it's crazy. 
I'll give you a, some, something super encouraging about this truth. What, 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 in other words, what, what, what does it mean for you right now? Okay, pastor, I, I get it. Jesus is God, you know. What, 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 what does that mean for me or for you tomorrow morning when you, when you wake up? What, what, what's, the, what's the practical part of this? Well, for those of us that have given our lives over to him, it means a lot of things, but I'm gonna give you three real quick. Number one, Jesus, who is God, calls you his friend. Okay? There's no doubt that that baby was God. No doubt. And the Bible says, Jesus said this in John 15, there's no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. And he says, you are my friends if you do what I command. No longer do I call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the Father told me. Believer, <laughs> Jesus calls you his friend. Remember, remember, he was the word who was with God and was God and he created everything. He says, hey, you're my, you're my friend. Remember that tomorrow morning when you get up. N number two, Jesus who is God understands all the things that you go through. Hebrews chapter four says, so then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours, Jesus, understands our weaknesses, for he faced all the same testings we do, yet he didn't sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God, because there we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. See, here's the deal. Here's one of the great reasons why I think God became a man is so that when you go and talk to him, which he loves it, he loves it when you talk to him, pray, he loves that. And when you start talking about what's going on in your life or your marriage or your business or whatever it is, he gets it. He can relate. How, well, how does he relate? Because he became one of you. You know, Jesus stubbed his toe. I'm talking literally. I have no doubt about that. I don't know anybody who's not stubbed their toe. And that was back, you know, when they didn't have shoes like this. Hard to stub your toe now, but man, back then, you know, you know he had the flu. I don't know. You know, he, he had to get up and go to work. He gets it. He understands what it means to have your alarm go off in the morning. He had to pay bills. Do, do, do you get that? When you go to him and say, man, Jesus, I, I'm just swamped right now. I don't, I don't know whether I can pay my bills or not. Guess what? He, he had to do that. He had good times with his friends. He gets it. He understands why you like hanging out with your buddies and having parties or whatever it is you do. He, he gets it. Why? He did it. He was one of you. You know, he had people that trash talked about him. He understands that pain. Now, they didn't have Facebook and Twitter and all that kind of stuff. 
Some of you have been trashed by a friend on Twitter or whatever it might have been on Facebook, or maybe they said it right to your face. And you go to God and say, God, I just, I'm bummed out. My friend you know, said this about me or said that about me. He gets it. We get to read about people that said crummy things about him. He had people betray him. Not just talk crummy about him, but people betrayed him. He had people who lied to him. He gets it. He understands what goes on in life. He had people beat him up. He was so hated that people actually killed him. Now that hasn't happened to you yet. But that's how bad it got in his life when he was a human being. There isn't anything you go through that he doesn't understand. And remember, he lives inside of you and he calls you his friend. <laughs> Come on. That's just an incredible truth. And number three, Jesus, who's God, wants you to give him all the crummy things that are happening in your life. Peter says, cast all your worries and cares, you know, to God. Give them all to God. Talk to God about them. Why? Because he cares about you. Well, how do I know he cares about you? He became a human being. What else does he have to do? That'd be like us. Uh, pretend we were all gods and we had created, uh, I don't know, cockroaches. <laughs> well, you know, we've got to go down there and reach cockroaches. How are they going to know? So one of us turn ourselves into a cockroach. Some of you are going, I wouldn't do it. I know you wouldn't. I wouldn't do it. God didn't become a cockroach. But you know what he says? He became nothing. That's, what he, that's basically him and us. He became nothing. At least we became a cockroach. When he became a man out of his love for you, it says he became Nothing. For God to become one of us? Now, I know we have a pretty high view of ourselves. We, we, we think, boy, we're human beings, you know. I could understand why God would want to come. I mean, who wouldn't want to hang out with us down here on planet Earth, right? <laughs> no. And he says, hey, listen, I care about you. I call you my friend. I know what you're going through because I was one of you. And so come to me. Give me all the stuff that's, that's, that, that's in your life. Now when you think of these three things that, that Jesus, the, the word that was with God and was God and created, created everything, calls you his friend, that, that Jesus, the word that was with you, you know, that was, was with God and was God and created everything. When you, when you understand that, when you understand that Jesus, who was with God and was God and created all things, wants you to give him all the crummy things that are in your life, when you think about these three things, doesn't that encourage you? I don't know how you're not encouraged when you hear those kinds of truths. And this season, you know, when you look at all the beautiful flowers and the trees and the wreaths and lights and you look at all the stuff, wow. What a, what a wonderful truth 
to remember and hang on to. So the first thing I want you to understand and remember is that Jesus is God. The second one is this, is that remember Jesus, the word, is eternal life. Look at verse 14 again of John chapter one, okay? And we're gonna fly through these next two. First, uh, or, or, or verse four, excuse me, says, in him, in him, the him, the word, who was with God and was God, who created everything, that's Jesus, right, God, in him, it says, was life was life, and that means more than just physical life. Obviously, the reason why we're all here right now is because he created us and he gave us life, literally, physical life. Your heart is beating right now, not because you worked out or you eat well or you do whatever, it's because he's the one who keeps your heart beating. He's the one who gives you life. Your kidneys are doing what kidneys do only because of him. Your, your spleen is only doing what your spleen does because of him. Your, your, your liver is only doing what your liver is supposed to do because of him. Your lungs are working only because of, of him. He gives uh, physical life. But he also gives spiritual life, and that's the way, way weightier one. In him was life, not only physically, in him everything was created, but in him was eternal life. And like I said, that's the, that's the, the, the weightier of, of the two. You see, that baby that was born 2,000 years ago was like no other baby ever born. Listen to what Jesus said in John chapter 14. He said, don't let your hearts be troubled. He's talking to his guys. He's got his guys gathered around and he's about ready to go to the cross. Imagine, he's about ready to go to the cross. He's about ready to die and he knows it. His guys really don't know what's going on and so he's kind of giving them one last little pep talk, if you will. He says, guys, don't let your hearts be troubled but trust in God, trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms if it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going there to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back to take you to be with me that you may also be where I am. And you know the way to the place where I'm going. And Thomas, one of the guys that was standing there, said, Lord, we, we, we don't know where you're going, so how, how can we know the way, for crying out loud? And Jesus answered, well, here's the deal, Thomas. Here's the deal. Let me make sure I'm clear about this. Thomas, I, I'm the way. I'm the truth, and I'm the life. And no one comes to the Father. No one's ever gonna get to heaven. No one's ever gonna be with, in glory, except through me. Why? Because he's the life. He's it. If you don't have him, then it's impossible to have the life. Jesus said in John chapter 10, the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. My purpose is to give you, them, whatever, a rich and satisfying life. Jesus didn't say, I've come that you might have a religion. He didn't say that, thank God. He didn't say, I've come that you might have a set of rules and regulations to live by. Thank God he didn't say that. Or he didn't say, I've come to make your life miserable. He didn't say that. Jesus said, I've come that you might have a rich and satisfying life. And yes, I think he's talking about the life that's here on planet Earth. But he's talking way more about the eternal life to come. That's what he's talking about. 
Jesus said this in John 11. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. Well, how does that work? Because if you have him, if you believe in him, he is the life. If you have the life living in you, you're golden. Here's my point. Not only is Jesus God, but he's also life. He, he is the life. He, he's not, you know, only the one that gives life to everyone and everything, but he actually is eternal life in himself. So the first thing I want you to know and remember is that Jesus is God. The second thing I want you to know and remember is that Jesus is life. And the third truth is, is this, okay? Remember that Jesus, the word, is available to you right now. Look at John chapter one, look at verse 11 now. It says he, that's Jesus, the word who was with God, was God, who created everything, who became flesh. He came to his own, he came to the people that were living at that time, he came to human beings, Okay, he came to his own, and, and those who were his own, they didn't receive him. That doesn't mean every single person rejected him. There were a number of people who knew that that baby was the son of God. Later on, a bunch of wise men are gonna show up. They knew. There were people who knew. John knew. There were a lot of people who knew exactly who that baby was, but in a general sense, his own didn't receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even those who believe in his name. I want you to listen to, to me really, really carefully. When you become a son or a daughter of God, a child of God, it changes everything. It has to change everything. It changes your future. Because you now have the word who was with God and was God, who created everything, who is life. He now is made his tent within you. It has to change your future, doesn't it? Yes. It has to change your eternity. It changes your identity. Man, it changes your inheritance. Changes your potential. The fact that you would have the word who was God, was with God, who created everything, living in you, that ought to change your potential. Now, the reason why I use the word you know, potential is because not everybody taps into that truth. And there are a lot of believers, you know what? They never tap into that. They never get it. They never understand it. And so they live, they live like they got no power. Actually, I know a lot of believers who live like unbelievers, to be straight up with you. They really do. They live like unbelievers. But they're believers. But they don't get it. They don't understand what this season is all about and what it represents 
to those who received him, Jesus, the the word, the life, to, to those people he gave the right to become children of God. This is one of the, the best verses in all the Bible to, to memorize. If you haven't memorized it, you ought to. Think about this. Jesus, the word of God, Jesus, the life of God, Jesus, the son of God, is available right now. Some of you walked in here, maybe you're watching online, and you don't know the Lord. I don't know how you ended up watching this thing. I don't know how you ended up here tonight. It wasn't a coincidence. You may think it was. But God loves you deeply and cares about you deeply. Maybe he brought you in here just so that you would hear this right now, that he, right this moment, in this little pinhole on a map called Modesto, California, at 7.27 p.m., is saying to you, I'm available I'm available. I'm, I'm, I'm available to you. I'm, I'm life. You want it? Who doesn't want it? Who in the world wouldn't want the life that Jesus offers? God's word says this, and this is what God has testified. And that word testified means, I, I, I'll put it to you this way. Hey, here's, here it is. You want the whole Bible in a, in a sentence or two? Here it is. This is it. You boil down all these words. Here it is. And this is what God has testified. He has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son, obviously, the word. He is life. It's in his son. Whoever has the son, whoever believes in the son, you know, whoever, you know, put their trust in the son, whoever, you know, they got the life, obviously. Well, that's a no-brainer. But he who does not have the Son of God just doesn't have the life. That's simple. I have the Son, so I know I have the life. I know most of you out here. I know you have the Son, so I know you have the life. I know it. I don't know, maybe there's one of you in here, two of you in here, 10 in here. I don't know, maybe there's 100 of you watching on the internet right now and you're going, hey, I don't have the sun. Well, I can only tell you what the scriptures say. Look at the computer screen or your TV right now. Look at the jumbotron right now, if you're in here. If you have the sun, you have the life. If you don't have the sun, you don't have the life. And God wants you to have the life. I want you to have the life. The rest of us in here who call ourselves believers want you to have the life. Let me tell you something. It's an, it's an incredible thing to know that you have the life, the eternal life that Jesus came to give us. I started this message with a, a number of quotes, and now I'm going to end the message with a quote, okay? Okay. A guy by the name of John Rice said this, you can never truly enjoy Christmas until you can look up into the Father's face and tell him that you've received his Christmas gift. If you don't, if you don't know the Lord, these are just pretty flowers and those are just pretty trees and that's a pretty wreath and I don't know, you got a pretty Hallmark card and you got presents, but it doesn't mean anything. It's when you look to the Father's face and say, man, I want the life. 
I want Jesus in my life. Wow. That, that, that baby was his gift to us. See? There's a reason why we exchange gifts. It's because God gave first. He, he, he gave. And so we, we kind of mock him and the gifts that we give, but, but it's all because of what God did. And so, I don't know, close your eyes for just a second, okay? I'm, I'm gonna wrap this up, but I just want you to close your eyes. And, and here's the deal. I don't know whether you know the Lord or not. I, I, I know most of you in this room do. Most of you have the life. You've given your life to Christ. You know the word. You know the word. Who was God, was with God, created everything. You know, you got the life, praise God. But there might be one of you in here going, man, I don't know, what do I do? How, how does this work? Well, here's the deal. Here's all I want you to do. If you wanna know Christ, if you want the life right now, so all I want you to do is quietly, right where you're at, just go, just say this in your heart. You gotta mean it though, because God's watching. This isn't, I'm, I'm gonna make this prayer up, but God's gonna know if, if you mean it or not in your heart. Just say, God, I get it. I don't, I don't have Jesus in my life, so I don't have life. And so right now, God, I'm giving my life to Christ. I'm giving my life to that baby the word. I receive him into my life. I receive that life that you sent your son to give. I receive it. And God, I don't know what all this means right now. But I promise I'm going to start learning about you. I'm going to start growing in my knowledge of who Jesus was. I need to do that. But for now, my life is yours. I'll just keep your heads bowed for just a second. I, I'm wondering, if you, if you prayed that, j just so I could hip hip hooray and rejoice and you know, be happy for you and all that, would you just, just raise your hand or you know, look at me and say, you know what, I, I want you to know, Pastor, I, I, I just prayed that. Just raise your hand or look at me so I, I can see you. Yeah, yeah, cool, yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I see you, ma'am. Anybody else? Just make, make sure I point at you or something. Yeah, I got you, sir. Yeah, back there. Cool. Anybody? Anybody else? All right, let's look up here real quick. All right, so, so here's the deal. We're done, and in a minute you go out, take photos, and, and you know, all that. And I want you to do that. That's a really nice thing out there. Just take a photo, send it off, send it to a friend, you know, whatever. Hey, invite them to Christmas here, whatever. That's, that's really what we want you to do. But there were a few of you that raised your hand. and um, This is what I'd like for you to do. I, I know you probably already turned in a card already. But before you were to leave, if you would just quickly pull another card out and just put your name and phone number and all that on it and then put a little star up in the corner of it and then put it in the, the connect box. Maybe you haven't turned that in yet. And, but you have your card and your name's on it and all that. Don't have to fill another one. I'll just put a little star up in the corner and then those will be given to me. And I'd love to just know who you are and pray for you. And I'd love to maybe send you something. Just saying, hey, here, here's something you might think about in your, this new journey, this new journey of faith that you're on. And I'm not going to show up at your door. That's like everybody's worst nightmare. Oh, I put a star on there on Tuesday while I'm eating dinner. <laughs> you know, there I am looking through your peephole. 
You know, oh no, it's that guy. You know, I, I won't do that, I promise you. But I will send you something if I can read your, your email address or whatever and, and whatever. So, so if you just take that time, if this was really a genuine moment, you'll do that. That's, not a, that's, that's a no-brainer, right? And so, Lord, thanks for our time tonight to be here. Thank you, God, for this kickoff to our Christmas season here at Big Valley Grace. And thank you, God, for what you did tonight in some people's hearts. I believe it was a genuine moment. Bless them. I look forward to getting those cards and praying for them and all that. Give us a great evening, and I pray this in your name. And all of God's people said, amen. Amen. Okay, Lord bless you. Go get a photo out there, okay? Go get a picture.